stuff. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 195 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to New Zealand's own, New Zealand's very own Claudia Gunn about her brand new record, Little Wild Lullabies, and it was so fun to talk to her. So cool to talk to people from all over the world who are making good stuff for kids and families. And that song you just heard, that clip is from a song called Everywhere Stars from the album Little Wild Lullabies. And if you liked it, and it would be really hard for me to believe that you didn't like it because that is a beauty, you can hear the whole song at the end of this episode. So cool to hear from people all over the world who are making good stuff for kids and families, and it was so great to talk to Claudia. She was uh, she was on vacation in New Zealand, in Auckland. You know, she was like looking at this beautiful beach while I was sitting at my desk, and uh, it sounded like a pretty amazing time for her and her family. So I was thrilled that she took the time to talk to me, and I think you're gonna like to hear what she had to say. So what do you think? Should we do that right about now? I think we should talk to you at the end of the show. It's futuristic for me because you're in the future. And no, that's weird. But like, it is great to welcome. Is it what is it? Is it eighteen hours ahead? Right? I don't know yeah, what the time it's, difference it's, is. It's it's like eighteen hours. It's amazing. And that you might have oh. you might have heard a little bit of an accent in that voice. It's a pleasure to welcome my new friend Claudia Gunn to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Claudia? Oh, I'm I'm really good. It's so lovely to be able to have this chat with you. Yeah, I'm really excited. So let's, you know, we got to set the scene a little bit. Uh, I'll say okay. my end. I'm it's a it's nine o'clock p.m. on a Saturday night in Houston, Texas, and and where are you right now? Gorgeous. Okay, right. Well, it's um just past four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday down here in New Zealand. Wow. And w- in any specific part of New Zealand? So like people can maybe get yep. out their map and, and so check it out because you're if on. If you want to pull out your map, uh-huh. hopefully you'll find New Zealand. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes New Zealand literally doesn't make it onto a map. So you need to find a map with New Zealand on it. Uh-huh. Just sort of down <laughs> off the south south um, coast of Australia. But there's a big sea in between us. Uh-huh. Um yeah, New Zealand, and I live in a city called Auckland, which is the biggest city in, in, in New Zealand. And right now I'm over on a little beautiful island called Waiheke, which is about 30 minutes ferry ride from Auckland City. And I'm um, watching um, the waves come in at a beautiful bay called Sandy Bay. So you'll really have to like zoom in on the Google Maps yeah, to well, find exactly where I am. Right. It's a beautiful and, spot down in paradise. Yeah, and you're on vacation. You you told me what your uh, what your family's doing right now while you while yeah. you and I talk. What are they doing? I think that is so cool. Okay, so I've got um, a son and uh, and a fiance out on the water in two kayaks with with fishing rods out, trying to catch 
they're like all the the local um marine life here we've got some beautiful um, fish that live in our waters and so i think they're after snapper today oh, so we'll nice. see if they come in with some snapper for tea or not or otherwise they'll just come in rather disheveled but happy <laughs> for, for having been out on the water anyway oh that's so great so so claudia i i feel like the, the new zealand stuff is going to come up again just because i i'm curious and i don't know a ton about it um but that's not really what I'm interested in. I'm interested in you yeah. and a little bit of like, what's your backstory? We should say you are a very, very talented musician. We're going to get to all of this. But just so, so, folks, uh, so folks know who, who you are a little bit, what's a little bit of like your, your, your backstory, your musical backstory? Like what got you into kids' music? Okay, sure. Well, it sounds good. Well, thank you for the compliment, by the way. Um, <laughs> so really, I... I'm mostly a singer. I've always been a singer, um, and I've learned how to play some instruments along the way to help me write songs. Um, but really, I'd say I really got into music because my mum is a really fantastic musician, and so she'd teach me and my sisters how to sing, and we'd just sing along at family events and things, and would always get to, you know, sort of chip in and learn the low or the high harmony on family songs. So. I was really lucky to be involved in an environment, I guess, where music was very normal and very much something that would mark occasions and would be part of celebrations for people's weddings or funerals or birthdays. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'd say I've, I've grown up with it. And so to me, having children, then it's really natural to want to, um, I guess, celebrate the experience of becoming a mother and and having this amazing you know experience of, of being part of a family of your own um and then wanting to kind of somehow commemorate celebrate journal it and and that's i guess where all the writing that i do for kids comes from that's amazing so were you always like writing music as you were growing up or is this something that sort of came later uh in, yeah. in, like as you became a, a parent um, no, I was writing music from quite a young age, but um, maybe only maybe 18, 19. Before that, I used to sing in the school shows and uh -huh. sing in some bands and sing covers and stuff. Um, and then in my 20s, I had some bands. So I started <laughs> writing songs for, you know, like, I guess like kind of folky acoustic kind of bands. And I was in a rock band and I actually am still in an electronic kind of group which uh, we do, if you kind of know, like EDM, not uh -huh. EDM, but we're like a little bit of house music, a little bit of breakbeat. Uh -huh. And I write the vocals for a bunch of songs for that kind of music. Cool. Um, so, yeah, the writing's definitely been on the landscape for uh -huh. a long time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, that's so. So one thing that's interesting, and, and you know, we've sort of alluded to like my fascination with New Zealand. I don't know a lot about is that there's a lot of uh, similarities or or similar structures, I guess, for for artists, and and you've yeah. won some awards that have equivalents here in in the U.S. So tell me what a APRA award is. I know okay, you, you, you've gotten perfect. a few of those. Yeah, tell me, tell me, tell yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so um, well. APRA, that's actually the acronym for the Australasian Performing Rights Association. So here in New Zealand and Australia, that is a songwriters organization um, who 
who collect royalties for songwriters and they also celebrate original songwriting by giving awards each year, um, both in New Zealand and Australia. We're connected but different. So uh-huh. Australia and New Zealand run their own sort of systems. Um, but yeah, about 10 years ago, APRA started running a little subsection of their awards ceremony for kids. So back in 2008, I was really lucky or timely enough to submit a new song that I'd written and win one of those awards. Um, and that was the first time that actually recognized children's writing. And pre- prior to me, obviously there was been people writing children's music for a long time, but um, I guess it was APRA's way for the industry to start celebrating and nurturing and encouraging more songwriters to really think about writing for families and realizing that it was a um, a really worthwhile and special part of the whole landscape of songwriting. Uh-huh. So yeah, I won my first one in 2008 for a song that I'd recorded and at that stage it was only a demo. I, you know, I, I put down the tracks just as like four part harmonies with a ukulele or a guitar or something. And I won on that strength, which was really exciting and real honor. Um, and as a result of that, I met some people who helped me start putting some good recordings together, I guess. And I then won <laughs> another one in 2010, um, which was like, you know, you pinch yourself. All right. Um, but I had a little tiny kid back then. So it actually took me a long time following those those beautiful recognitions to then actually have a record out. So my kids kept growing up and I kept being super busy and I kept like inching forward, finding connections and people to help. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, I finally put the record out that features those songs in um, 2016. It actually was released first on online. Wow. And, and the record, yeah, so let's... Things let's, take time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This It's a great time to start talking about the record. It's called Little Wild Lullabies and it's really beautiful and I, the fact that it's been you know like 12 years in the making or, or wait so the first is 2008 so i can do math it's about 10 years in the making so what were the two yeah. songs what are the two songs on the record that won those awards okay so there's two on the record um one is lullaby time okay. and one is home sweet home okay and um then yeah then all the rest are uh, songs that I wrote along the way and I, you know, I whittled it down. It was very hard to choose. Um, mm-hmm. I always have way more songs in the mix than, than can ever be given justice, you know, so <laughs> right. um, I, I got to work with some beautiful uh, producers actually um, who helped, you know, create all the gorgeous instrumentation on, yeah. on this record. So. Four of the songs were produced by Bruce Lynch, who's a, a really great, he does a lot of here in New Zealand um, composition for film and TV. So you can hear the that sort of orchestral score side uh-huh. of things in some of the tracks. And so that's all due to his magic uh-huh. and really sort of taking the songs and interpreting with that sort of 
little motifs that make you think of pictures or you know like a, almost like a soundtrack to something right so so there's a few i, I love this record and and it's nice to hear Thank like you. you you saying like all the the time and detail that went into the production of it, it like one of the the cooler yeah. things about getting to do this show is getting to hear like you know these things don't just pop out of the air right like you've been working totally. on, you've been working on this collection of songs for 10 years and i think it's really uh, important and hopefully interesting for people to hear a little bit of the backstory about some of these songs. So the very yeah, the sure. very the very first track is is, is exceptional. Everywhere stars. Um, tell me a little bit about that one and, and what went into it and what it's all oh, about. Oh, perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, well, I first imagined this song and it was like uh, I imagined it being almost like a round that you could sing. You know, one maybe a parent or in a, in a classroom setting that one person could sing and then someone else could echo. And that's uh -huh. a really beautiful way that I've always learned in terms of teaching or being a child myself as the best way to teach children a melody is uh -huh. to, you know, call and repeat, right? Yep. So that was what I had in mind thinking about this song. But actually the genesis of the words of the song actually came from something my daughter Alice said when she was very tiny and we were coming home from somewhere late at night and getting her out the car and probably she'd always been asleep before and then that night she'd maybe woken up and as I carried her inside she looked up and saw the stars and I don't think she'd ever had seen them maybe at a time when she had words and all she said to me was big stars, little stars, everywhere stars oh my and I, I wrote that down in my diary <laughs> oh my yeah and it was just like it was just the most gorgeous thing because it was her reaction to seeing you know the night sky i uh -huh. guess the first time that she could have words to describe it and so that went down in a little journal and then quite a long time later i circled back and it just struck me as this really gorgeous phrase that i thought deserved to have something written about it uh -huh. um yeah and also uh, the the theme of the song is actually uh, related to a Maori celebration we have here in New Zealand um, called Matariki, um, which is a period of time that is mid-June to mid-July approximately, and it's right in the dead of winter. You know, here in the Southern Hemisphere, obviously that's the height of summer for you in America. Right, yeah. But here, that's when... Um, there are actually seven stars of Matariki that rise at, the t at this time, and it's a time of renewal, of planting, and there's a lot of symbolism and a lot of sort of history and culture around Matariki in Maori culture. And so um, in New Zealand, if your listeners haven't heard of the indigenous people of New Zealand are Maori and they, you know, had lived here in these islands for maybe seven or eight or nine hundred years before any of the um, settlers from Europe came along. So in, in our culture, um, I'm my, my family history is from Scotland and Ireland and, and Europe and the continent. Um, so I don't have any official ties to the world of Maori myths and legends, um, but we're really lucky here in New Zealand that we honour and respect and celebrate these traditions as kind of something for all New Zealanders. And so that it's really important in our schools, for instance, um, and beginning more and more in the last few years. So 
traditions like Matariki are becoming taught to little children in primary schools and to understand that um, along with all these kind of older European traditions like Christmas and Easter, um, we have these other kinds of ways to mark the seasons and mark the passing of time through the year. So Matariki is, is really one of these that is really special and a really gorgeous thing for kids to identify with because, you know, stars are something that we all have awe and wonder of. Um, so this song is just a little way of, I guess, contributing to the bigger story around um, around Matariki and, yeah. you know, I guess looking up at the sky and, and wondering what's out there. Yeah, that uh, that I love that connection. I think that's so uh, that depth to the song, you know, like tying it to where you yeah. live and and yeah. I assume where you've lived your whole life, right? Like, I yes. don't, or maybe yeah. right. Like, so so your home and and the culture that you grew up, maybe not necessarily totally in, but certainly around, and then tying that and very to, respectful of, yeah. of, of totally right. It sounds like extremely yeah. respectful of, and then being able to sort of match that to this like amazingly profound thing that your daughter said. That's yeah, that's like a super special thing. That's really cool. Wow, absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, like you say, I mean, it is a super simple song and actually in terms of performing it, um, it's really fun and it's a more interactive song. So actually getting to take it out to audiences is great because I get the kids to do like big star arms and little yeah. twinkly star fingers. Yeah. And so it actually, as it turns out, I didn't sort of design it that way, but it's worked out to work really well as a as a performance song as well as just a sit back and listen song. Yeah. Um, so that's been, yeah, that's been good. That's great. Did, did you have, um, like before you started doing this, the, the kids and family music, did you have experience doing music with kids and families? Because like, you know, you mentioned that, that there are big hands motions for the big stars. Yeah. And so, because that's not like, uh, that's not something that everyone just inherently knows, you know? So did, did you totally. have a background like that? No, I honestly can't claim that. Um, I think I'd written, no, I'd written maybe one or two funny little weird songs um, for my baby sister because she's about, oh God, more than 20 years younger than me. Oh, wow. So I was lucky enough to sort of, yeah. as she was growing up tiny, um, she was just so much fun to babysit and be around. So I wrote her a couple of funny, quirky, weird songs that have never <laughs> been recorded. But that was probably my first. Um, I, I wrote her one about Buzz and Woody from to Toy Story, for oh, instance, because uh -huh. that was her favorite movie. Uh -huh. um, but no, uh, really, I'd say just going down to the ki my kids' kindies and just kind of being involved in mat times and um, starting to witness how the kindergarten teachers um, interacted and yeah. worked with the children has probably been my education. So I'm very much just a, um, a songwriter first in right. terms of melody and theme and story and then um, interpreting that for kids. Uh -huh. um, and then, then you learn from watching. Like that's, you know, I think that's a, a good point that you didn't come into it thinking that you had all the answers, but you you watched the experts and you learned and you incorporated it. That's, that's very good. That's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, the very next song, um, how many sleeps is a really, there's like a really sweet sentiment behind that one. So can, can yeah. you explain to like, what's, what's going on in that one? 
Sure. Okay. So again, that um, that sort of had had its little bit of a start in sort of things that happened with my son when he was small, and he he used to ask that question. So again, you know, I'm t completely writing the uh, the language of of the ch the children in yeah. my my orbit. Yeah, that's great. Um, but you know, counting down to stuff, um, kids. Um, experience of time, you know, is, is really, is really different to adults, right? They don't have that perspective. And so that those questions about how to make sense of the world is really what this song is about. So lots of the questions in the song were things that Dylan would say to me. Um, and then there's, you know, a few added for, for effect and for my imagination, but things like, um, how old was I when you were young is something he asked me, which, yeah. you know, is obviously a completely unanswerable <laughs> question. Um, uh, but, you know, at the same time, I guess, you know, um, it's not quite philosophy, but some, some things in life, I think you can't completely stitch up neatly. And so it's really beautiful. I think to celebrate just the asking of the question. Uh -huh. And so um, I love the idea that, you know, children when they're in the, the asking questions phase of their life don't always get shut down and yes it can be kind of really frustrating sometimes when kids ask why 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 but at the same time sometimes they ask questions that maybe have never been asked before and I think you know the human race would be better if everyone listened more to the, the fresh perspective that children bring to what what may be perceived as the status quo, you know, right. so our, our usual answers to things are what we've learned. But if we look at the world fresh, I just think, um, I think you'd, um, maybe just have a, yeah, a different take on the world. So, yeah. um, yeah. there's also, there's also a bit of a tie in in this song to a place over in Australia, um, which is, a theme park called dream world and we went there when my son was really small and he was too small for lots of the rides and so that's why i think there's a line in the song about how tall he has to be to get to dream world <laughs> uh <-huh>. because because <laughs> we always said to him we'll go back one day when you're big enough to go on the rides you really want to go on and you're not a tiny baby anymore uh-huh uh yeah it's great. Okay, the other one, which is the one that you sort of from the beginning pointed me towards, is "Wrap Me Up." So, yeah, tell me a little bit about what's going on in that one, what it's about. There's like some interesting instrumentation. What, what, what's the, yeah. what's the story behind that one? Totally. Okay, so "Wrap Me Up" is really just a a celebration of when babies are just in that tiniest, most like starting to open their eyes phase of life and you know literally getting you know wrapped in those like little models that you put them in so they yeah. don't get the fright when their arms go out yeah. and it's really a song you know with a perspective of of a small if, if you don't mind the the thumps that's my daughter deciding to jump out of the car and um <laughs> run back to the beach where she's seen her dad come in so this is all very real life yeah this is real this is as real sound effects. no it's great it's as real as it gets totally um yeah but yeah wrap me up um has a bunch of references to a really small um very very young 
a, a very small baby basically because uh -huh. there's the, there's this stuff to do with um, when when they first start to open their eyes and see they can only see or perceive really high contrast so they always reckon it's best to show a, a really small baby black and white pictures huh. um, for instance so okay. that's one of the lines in the song and um, and I also would always ha have my babies when they were very small so long ago now um, in you know like ring slings and like wrap carriers so that they'd fall asleep on me and then I'd walk around and keep doing my everyday life pretty hard to play guitar when you've got a baby in a ring sling but um, <laughs> I, I do my best um, and so yeah this song is is very much it's a sort of a gentle homage to that very precious time when kids are so small and and you know the, the adults or protectors in their, who have their care um, just kind of like envelop them in, in embraces, whether it's blankets, whether it's the holding them in a sling, whether it's um, that sort of symbolic nature of being wrapped up in the, the warmth of your family. And, and the instrumentation in this song is some really beautiful sounds that um, the team I worked with put in. So this song was produced by Andy Lynch, who's actually Bruce's son. Uh -huh. So Andy helped me do about must have been seven of the songs on the album no no even eight um and this is one of the ones he did so there's a gorgeous double bass that they have in the studio there and apparently the bass's name is elizabeth <laughs> and it, it truly it has a uh -huh. name uh -huh. um and okay. it has to be very 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 well cared for so that it um, performs on occasion when it is required yeah and um so there's that gorgeous, real sort of low notes of the bass in the song, and um, and and then obviously the sort of the high tinkles in the arrangement. That yeah, I think it's just a really, it's a short song, but it really I guess captures yeah. the intention of this record in terms of you know giving families a bit like a like a hug. Yeah. I'd say it's like oh, a, a hug. Down, right? Yep, a hug and like a time capsule to sort of yeah. like remember remember where you are remember where you were and remember how it felt. Yeah. You know, like that's Absolutely. A, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really and, but it's really nostalgia special. too. Yeah. Yeah, nostalgia too, I suppose, for parents whose children have grown bigger. Yes. Yeah. Um and yet you you kinda wanna just sometimes immortalize those moments like and you, you celebrate every stage of childhood as yeah. your children go through them. Um, but you can't, you can never help just going, oh, just don't grow up too quick, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I feel that my kids are nine, seven, and five. And I'm like, all right, ah. like, let's slow it down. You know, this is intense and crazy, but like, let's, uh, let's just take a minute here to, totally. to maybe not, not be so big. Um, Absolutely, so, and not right. rush through it. Yeah, exactly. It's hard not to do that, yeah. but yeah, to take that time is really important. So, I, I mean, I, I am not the only one who thinks that this is a really good record. You were nominated oh, for you. for a. Uh, I, I'm going to say this wrong, so please correct me. But That's you fine. were nominated for a Tui in 2017. So, so what's a Tui? Yeah. Okay, so again, um, I guess in in this little island that I call home. Um, literally a tui is actually a bird. So we have, um, 
we have these beautiful, there's heaps of them here on Waiheke, where I am right now, um, black birds with uh, like a white wattle at their neck, just below their beak. And it sort of looks like they're wearing like a white cravat. Okay. Um, so they're a, they're a native bird here. But uh, a Tui Award is actually like a music award. So our recording association in New Zealand presents um, awards for, you know, like the best folk album, the best rock album, the best electronic album. And so there is a category for best children's album. Uh -huh. So this, uh, this record was nominated last year for the best album that had been put out in the preceding 12 months. Um, and I was there in company with some other amazing writers from, from this country. Um, my friends from Christchurch, the Itty Bitty Beats, who are gorgeous, and also Anika Moore, who is a fantastic songwriter from our country, um, who actually took out the award for her album. And she is, she's a fantastic uh, songwriter both for adults and for kids and so it was one of those times when you're like very happy to be in that company and I would have loved to win but I loved just being nominated and yeah. you know uh, it's kind of good to kind of get a taste of it and think okay well you know I have got more records to make so I just have to keep on <laughs> upping my game and uh and try again yeah absolutely yeah. Um, yeah. that's uh, well congratulations well deserved uh, I know the nomination is a uh is a huge deal and and well and yeah. you totally deserve it so um okay so tell I, I i just have some i have some new zealand questions i guess is the only way to say it so i i really like sounds great i really like uh i really like food and i really like you know foods that are specific to certain places right so so here in texas it's it's barbecue and and tex-mex and and mexican food what's like what are some of the like favorite things to eat so if i were to go to new zealand right what would you say oh, i had to eat okay um oh now i'm gonna have to think 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 now if you like if you like seafood uh -huh. we have got some really really beautiful seafood here so you could try some kingfish, okay. which I would recommend uh, to eat as sashimi. Ooh, okay. It's, it makes, yeah, it makes beautiful sashimi. Um, I would also recommend some of our, maybe our bluff oysters. Okay. Um, if you're into shellfish. Um, New Zealand is really, New Zealand is really famous for See, this is unusual because I'm trying to think, like, what we're famous for that's really good to eat is probably different to, you know, what my favorite New Zealand food is right. to eat. Well, I mean, look, like, I, you and I are talking. We're friends. You're just giving recommendations yeah, totally. to a friend. Oh, <laughs> totally. Well, you see, I was brought up vegetarian. Um, uh -huh. I do eat some meat now, but I'm kind of 50-50. So New Zealand's super famous for lamb. So if... Most people, if they've heard of New Zealand, know that we have, apparently we have more sheep than people. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard crazy that. crazy statistic, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so New Zealand lamb is supposed to be really good, and it definitely is. But um, actually, I guess I'd tell you something quirky, which is that we have this really delicious fruit here in New Zealand called bijoas, and uh -huh. they are so yummy. They have a really unusual, quite a tangy flavor. There's like quite a short season of them, so... When they're when they're in season, you've just got to go hard because 
Um, <laughs> you got to get them all. Yeah, you, you've just got to go for it, and then um, then they'll be gone again. Wow. But yeah, New Zealand fijoas are amazing. Yeah. Um, you can get them in everything from ice cream now to people make fijoa vodka. Oh. Um, not that I I drink that, but um, <laughs> it's really po- it's really popular. Uh-huh. Um, and you'll even find it yeah in like fijoa flavored tea. Um, wow. So that's kind of a that's something that people might not know. About, that's cool. You know, it's yeah. famous here in New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. Uh, so something that I also like in addition to food is is music. Um, so, I, you know, you're my favorite New Zealand musician, and you always will be. But what? Are, uh-huh, if, thank you. <laughs> if I, I can tell you about lots more good Kiwi music. Though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's so. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like really trying to hold back on saying like some of the like cheesy things that I know, right? Like I know oh. Flight of the Concords, right? Like I know oh, that. Who are amazing. Right. Oh my God, they're a great export. Funny, right? And they can actually play a little bit. Um, but what Absolutely. are some like, if you were to recommend a couple other, and they could be sort of kids and family artists or like just, you know, yeah. people that you think are making ah, great good. music. I would love, I would love to find some new music and I trust your judgment. <laughs> ah, sounds amazing. Okay. Well, no pressure here. I'm just <laughs> racking my brain for what's been most lately on Spotify, I suppose. Um, well, actually we, we were having, indulging a bit of nostalgia last night, my partner and I, and we were listening to Crowded House ah. who are really um, amazing New Zealand band who are not together anymore, but they were really big when I was about 10. So um, they had a record that came out that actually went number one in the States. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, the song's called Don't Dream It's Over. Okay. So lots of people have covered it since then. Um, But, you know, all their records are diverse and amazing. Uh, So the main songwriter from Crowded House, Neil Finn, still um still writes and recently yeah. put out some new music um and he's um you know somebody that i would definitely rank as completely world class uh-huh. and and a real influence on songwriting to me because you know i knew his his record had a house record when i was 10 off by heart every song every lyric um, yeah. and so i think when you write songs later in life all of those words that you internalize, all the artists that you listen to and really love and adore, um, I do think that they somehow kind of go into your system and influence your sense of what music is. Yep, absolutely. What, um, what a good song sounds like. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, they would definitely be um, a biggie in terms of my kind of history of music appreciation. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of, um, you know, currently, oh, my God, we just have a, a really thriving music industry in New Zealand um, with a lot of artists who are, I think, I think quite idiosyncratic because you know, you can be quite unique down here, you know, um, you can tune into all the music of the world or you can go off in your own little bubble and just do your own thing and be reasonably isolated and then come out with something that maybe is quite unexpected. Uh Um, so someone who just won a great award at our New Zealand music awards recently, who I really, really like is Marlon Williams. Okay. So I'd really recommend, um, looking up his music. It's kind of more on that, um, really beautiful sort of Americana sure. kind of yeah. um, country tinged spectrum. Okay. Um, and in terms of um, kids and family music, um, we have a really 
thriving collective scene of um, musicians who all sort of support each other and trade knowledge and awareness of how to get things done and and how to get music out to you know the people that we make it for and of that collective um, you might have heard of um, someone I mentioned earlier in this my friends from Christchurch the Ishi Betty Beats are okay. a duo um, two lovely mothers um, much <laughs> like myself who work together and make gorgeous harmonies and oh, that's nice. they have a really lovely catalogue that I would recommend Great. as well as another friend who I'm writing a song with and we've got that coming out probably close to the new year and her name is Kath B okay. and Kath uh, is a writer for kids who has put a lot of tracks out over the over the years and is someone I really respect and admire um, because she's kind of walked the walk that I aspire to walk and I I do sometimes but I spend a lot of time just being a mum and um, I, I try my very best to get music out to the world and you know as we said like this record took a long time so anyone I know who is prolific and kind of making making strides that connects with kids while they're little is I think a real I take my hats off to all of them absolutely absolutely so I mean it sounds like there's a lot going on uh in the music scene in New Zealand and you know you you mentioned that you have a new single coming in uh in in and around the new year so like what's the best way to uh to keep up with you and everything that you're doing totally well um what I'd like to do is tell you two websites Um, okay so first of all um on the collective note because I can't tell you um every name of every artist that I highly respect and admire here in New Zealand but we have you know we have a, a real a real positive world going on down here that you know we'd love the rest of the world to kind of tune into and uh-huh. and be a part of too and so in terms of kids music we have www.kiwi which is k-i-w-i uh-huh. kidsmusic.co.nz and so that's our um that's our kind of our collective voice and you can find just this beautiful diverse range of um, people from the length and breadth of our islands um, on there and um, and among me amongst um, all my other friends. Great. And then you can find anything if, if people would like to know a bit more about um, music that I'm making. Um, I'd suggest you go and take a look at www.claudiagun with two ends dot com. Great. Amazing. Um, Claudia, this has been so fun and insightful and I learned a lot about Uh, New Zealand and about you. Like that that was just really, really great. So I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time and, uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Fabulous. Well, (laughs) thanks for taking the time as well. And, um, you know, I, I, I sort of respect and admire all the, the interviews and the dedication that you put into celebrating you know music that's made for families so yeah thanks again for everything that you do and um you know i'm a fan as well oh thank you (laughs) how great was that like truly on a scale of one to ten that was in a million thank you so much to claudia Claudia, thank you for reaching out, and I'm glad we had the time to come together to talk about all things 
that are going on in your world. It's great music. Check it out. Again, the album is called Little Wild Lullabies, and you'll like it, and you'll listen to it. And here's a top secret thing. You'll probably listen to it even if your kids are around. It's one of those. All right? So uh, take my word for it, and take Claudia's word for it, because you just heard from her. You heard from the person herself, and it was awesome. Okay. Email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com. Got a lot of awesome emails this past week. Thank you for sending. And I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. How soon, you may ask? Well, I don't know. But uh, hopefully again this week. Is that too much? I don't think it's too much. Now here is the full song, Everywhere Stars, by Claudia Gunn from the album Little Wild Lullabies. Hope you like it. Uh, I know you'll like it.
good stuff.